Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, now ready for departure. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're entering the vacation kingdom of the world. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We call it Epcot. Will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. Taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was, and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast, the official podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society. This is episode 76, The Spirit of America, which is timed perfectly with the number there. See what we did? Uh, sitting in with me as always uh, for this recording, Mr. J.T. Couser. How are you doing tonight, J.T.? I'm great. I, I'm blown away that 76 tied in with July and 71 tied in with October of last year. And right? we didn't even plan it. No, it's it just I, happened that way. And seriously, right? I mean, people think, oh, you you plan this, but we we did not plan it at all. No, but it, it does it does work out pretty well. Well, so. happy to be here for this 76 episode and the, the, the non bicentennial and everything else. So there you go. All right, and also coming in, how this is the last one I've got from the City of Champions. I'm going to have to go into a, yeah, the City of Champions was recently titled for Tampa Bay Area. Uh, I can only imagine that's maybe because of the lightning and all the other sports that you guys have won. But aloha and welcome, Hal. Thank you. <coughs> aloha. And yes, I'm sure we have very many winning teams here in Tampa. That's right. So, you know, the lightning are in the Stanley Cup again. Yep. Uh, we're a couple games in. I guess by the time this airs, it'll probably probably <laughs> over. So I, I hope they won. Exactly. We have our we have a share of Super Bowls and yeah. Stanley Cups and yep. and World Serieses and everything. Yeah. So, so you're competing yeah. with us in Boston. So we'll we'll duke it out one day for that. So all right, fair enough. You you got it. If I cared, I would absolutely be very angry right now. <laughs> Duking. <laughs> Duking it out. And uh, coming into us at the former location of the uh, Spectrum uh, on his new headset is uh, uh, in his John Madden mode is Mr. Brian P. Miles. Brian, how's it going at the Spectrum tonight? Ah, uh, yes. America showplace the Spectrum. I miss it terribly. But greetings, salutations. God bless America. It's great to see all of you here. This month from the city of brotherly love, where liberty began and it continues. There we go. Look at that. I mean, this is perfect. We've got Philadelphia, Boston represented 76. We're going to be taking you back to a 4th of July spectacular from 1988. And boy, we've got a packed episode. But before we go there, JT always runs out to that mailbag, drags it inside, sorts through all the different pieces of mail. We get letters. We get letters. Lots and lots of letters. Uh, so what do we have, JT, coming in this month? Oh my, lots of goodies. So let's get right to it. First off is Natalie. Natalie wrote us back uh, a couple months ago and she shared one of her favorite secret hidden spots at the Magic Kingdom. And I love these spots because, you know, we everybody has their spot at the Magic Kingdom or various places they like to go and sit and just, you know, enjoy. She said one of her favorite spots is there's a couple of rocking chairs in Liberty Square. 
uh, and one on one of the porches near Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. This is where I love to sit, eat my waffle sandwich, and people watch. And she says you can also watch the uh, parade there. She said visiting the park since the 70s does have its perks. So uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the spot, if you saw the email, but I will. Uh, quick, 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 quick story those. about those rocking chairs. So uh, on Memorial Day weekend for a number of years, they used to do a 24-hour Disney day on both coasts. Disneyland and Walt Disney World, the Friday before Memorial Day, would be open for 24 hours. Magic Kingdom would be open from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, and I went down for some of those years. They were a lot of fun. Uh, they would open like they, they opened, uh, soft opened Seven Dwarfs Mine Train that day. Uh, the one year, and so like there were people. If you were there the full twenty four hours, you could do like three three hour waits in line and ride it three times if you were that interested in seeing the creepy projected dwarf faces. And anyway, I'm in the park, you know, relatively early, close to six thirty ish, maybe. Well, by eight o'clock in the morning, I'm a little peckish, and I got uh, one of the aforementioned. I think it was a waffle sandwich or some kind of pastry and a cup of coffee. And I went and sat down on those very rocking chairs in Liberty Square by myself up there having a little breakfast. And about five minutes later, uh, there's a tweet from my Twitter friend, uh, Mary Jo, who's at Mojo Disney on Twitter. And I had never met Mary Jo in person, but it was a tweet of a picture of myself sitting on the on the porch in the rocking chair eating my breakfast and she said i spy brian p miles and i was like is this is this like a space balls moment when is this yeah, happening now like, right now right sir now. <laughs> what the hell am i looking at when does this happen in the movie now you're looking at now sir everything that happens now is happening now what happened to then we passed then when just now we're at now now go back to then when now 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 i can't why we missed it when just now so I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, like, I was like, she didn't even stop and say hi because she was probably running to Seven Dwarfs Mind Drain or something. But uh, we've since met many times, and uh, she's local to Knoxville and Dollywood. So on my visit to Dollywood a few years ago, she played the role of escort, uh, showing me VIP escort, showing me around uh, all the things I needed to see and eat in Dollywood. But, uh, yeah, so I have some experience with those rocking chairs. And I'm always disappointed when I, like, it's also, it's also right close to the place where you can get the fresh fruit and pickles and stuff, the, the, the snack stand there in Liberty Square. And I love to get either a pickle or a pineapple spear and a Diet Coke. And I make a beeline for those rocking chairs. And I'm, you know, I'm always crushed when somebody's sitting in them. I'm like, man, I was going to sit there. So that's a great spot. <laughs> Don't sit yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, you want a little like reserve thing. Yeah, you should get a little reserve yes. card for you. Keep, keep them clear reserve. from here on out. <laughs> We're going to tell you where they are, but don't use them. Okay, well, thank you for that, Natalie. Okay, next one. This is from Ed, and this is going to be a, a, a good, we'll say, show notes. Lots of pictures this time. Ed says, uh, great show again, gents. And we talked a couple months ago about the fiber optics in the Epcot sidewalks. And he says uh, he did confirm with us, as Howe stated, there were some less than ornate ones uh, closer to Spaceship Earth. 
They were simple pinpoint lights through the square, and some of the squares were in a checkerboard-like pattern on the walkway. He gave us a photo, uh, and he says these were there right up until the current construction. And I we, we discussed this, but there was this style, and there's some that looked like more of a, a design on them and stuff. But uh, I assume this was one of the earlier ones, right? To my memory, those were the first ones, and then they got fancy when they did the i think those predate if if again if i if i'm remembering this correctly i believe those predated the uh the ones but with the interventions revamp or the really ornate animated ones went in so i think those could have been sort of like tests for what ended up going on later on in interventions but i could also be completely wrong <laughs> Well, Ed, uh, thanks for the photo. We'll share that out and uh, let us know if you end up installing these in your backyard eventually. He said he, he'd like to do that. So, so so. We also got a tweet or an email or something from someone telling us that the Moana's World of Water or whatever is ultimately built in those areas, that there's going to be walkways like this. In the, in the, in the Epcot redesign, they're one of the things that didn't get cut from the budget, supposedly so. So far. So far. <laughs> nice. It's eventually just going to be a splash pad. It's yeah. <laughs> Moana's splash pad. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Next up is Rick. Rick uh, wrote in about episode 72, our Maelstrom episode. Says one interesting fact about Maelstrom was that each level had its own trough, and that show ride control system had to activate dams to hold the water in each level's trough, otherwise the attraction would flood the gift shop. This was because the ground level uh, was not large enough to hold all that water. So, not sure if any of you guys heard that one. He said this was in Steve Alcorn's book, Theme Park Design. Interesting. Yeah, I know it was, well, obviously it was multi-level, because we went up and and went back, but that's interesting that each... Had to kind of control the amount of water that was flowing. So they must have had pumps bringing the water to the top, and there's got to be some level of spillover and some amount that's got to go down to each level and cascade down. But I, I've never experienced a flood. But here's the good thing. If it did flood, there's plenty of Helly Hansen jackets to go around. So you're, you're completely covered in that. <laughs> it's, I think, shortly after we got either right before or after this email was sent, I did see someone on twitter and i cannot remember it was an, what it what are the imagineers that that i can't remember if it was frank mezzaluna or if it was someone else actually told the story about how he filled that top uh the top one for the first time and they were doing numerous tests and he forgot to um something happened where they it didn't raise up that dam properly and sure enough it did flood the gift shop <laughs> And there was water pouring through the ceiling of the gift shop. Oh, man. And then he realized, oh, crap, I know what happened. And then ran up and, like, turned everything (laughs) off, stopped the pumps. And so it wasn't a horrific amount of damage. But it, yeah, apparently, like, Splash Mountain and a lot of the other uh, pirates, I I think, well, no, pirates doesn't. But Splash Mountain, there's actually, like, a reservoir outside that they could pump the water into when the ride isn't filled and i think that's true disneyland's pirates of the caribbean i'm not sure about magic kingdom but uh maelstrom was built without one so they have to contain the water inside of it i i I remember seeing the uh the video where adam the woo snuck backstage there not long before the ride closed it was the video that ultimately got him trespassed for a while from from um from the parks but uh, 
when you're backstage, I mean, it just was, it looked like you were backstage at a giant pet store that was an aquarium superstore because it just looked like all of these, these pumps and filters and going. And you're like, man, that must be the shark tank on the other side. Like this must, this must be, it did. If you've ever, if you've ever been like on the backside of a wall of, of aquariums in a pet store, like that's what you see are all the tubes and things and tanks and things like that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for that little nugget there. We appreciate that one. Okay, here we go. So this one is connecting back to our Honey, I Shrunk the Kids episode. This is from Host Sway. He says, and uh, we mentioned, which How did, that the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, what, what do we call it? Adventure Playground? I forget the official name. Uh, Movie set adventure. There it is. Uh, How mentioned that uh, it had more steel than the Eiffel Tower and Lady Liberty combined. We were obviously skeptical. And it is indeed a trick fact. The Statue of Liberty contains 125 tons of steel, while the Eiffel Tower contains none. It's all iron. So between them both, there's only 250,000 pounds of steel. That means each 45 grass stalks uh, in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids area would need to weigh uh, about 5,555 pounds to meet that number, which is not all that heavy considering that a single Rolls-Royce Phantom weighs about 5,700 pounds. Sounds about right. And I'm sure each of those stocks weighed more than that. That said, even though the fact is misleading, it's technically true. Oh. Oh, awesome. All right. I mean... I- I love it when people can do math. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, but you have to start with a big fat zero on one of them. That's the <laughs> that's the trick portion. Of it. it has yeah. it has more crackers than. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a fact! Oh that's... man, interesting one. Yeah. I love those Disney facts, like the one where they said like Spaceship Earth could fit inside of the Living Seas tank, and you're like, there is no way that Spaceship Earth could, the diameter right, of Spaceship right. Earth could fit inside it, but not the actual. The actual so if the, yeah, so if it was a, two, a yeah. ring, you could pass the ball through the ring. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. So how you mentioned, uh, we, we had a, 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 an email a while ago from John. He said he was asking about the, uh, the kids selling newspapers inside Spaceship Earth. And we kind of talked about how he's facing the wrong way. And you we talked about, all this on that episode, and then you had some add-ons to that as well, correct? Yeah, so I that was the episode that I missed, and as I went back and listened to it, you guys were wondering, were there any other audio-animatronic figures that were pointed away from the audience? And you couldn't think of any, and of course, because I'm driving in the car, listening to this, I'm going, oh, there's this one! So, <laughs> Stopped how uh, uh, tracks. Yeah, so uh, oddly enough, inside Spaceship Earth right now, Besides the paper boy, there is another figure that is pointed okay. away oh. from from the uh, from the is audience that a as well. Figure or a mannequin? It doesn't even move now. He that moves, I, now doesn't he? Imagine. Doesn't his hand move? The or Steve is... Jobs thing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The, does he even move? The, uh, yeah, he does. He moves a little bit. <laughs> it's like he ran out of uh, hydraulic yeah. fluid. I call him. What did I call him? I call him Steve Jobsniak because he's supposed to be like a conglomeration yeah, of, of, of old all Steve Jobs garage computer and Steve Wozniak yeah. and all, yeah, kind of I'm like a, thrown together. But yeah, I'm there's... always frustrated by how dark that scene is. That that it mm. needs a little bit more light so you can see some more of the details there. But maybe right. that's why it's dark because they did it on the cheap. 
And yeah. sometimes, well, sometimes when Small World breaks down, some of the dolls don't face you yeah. too. <laughs> his his figure is actually repurposed from another yeah. part of the ride, so his face is not there. It was I think I'm trying to remember because we went through this I think on the Spaceship Earth episode. I think he was one the, of the, the guys um, working on the the Sistine the, not the Sistine Chapel, the like Egyptian. N- uh, yeah, uh, I I think he was you one said of the there guys was a guy up that top was, there that was working on something that was there was away. he he completely disappeared. Yeah, I think he was one of the four the four um, scholars, Islamic scholars ah, okay. that disappeared because the standing guy from that scene became the boss of the computer girl okay. upstairs in that scene, and the computer girl was what the singer inside of the radio right. show. How you, who disappeared? You know, on on band Wikipedia pages, they have at the bottom like where all the characters and the band members and how they've been. What the, you need, you oh, need right. to do one of those for the spaceship Earth character. I do so actually you can see where they've all been. Yeah, oh, yeah. One of my long term dream projects is to do kind of like a. I think I called it the, uh, like the. It's like a summer stock thing. It was like the wed players or something. To track like where each face oh, yeah. gets reused in each one of the attractions. Because right, right. I think that would be really fun to see like, oh, yeah. this, you know, like John from Carousel Progress is also in Spaceship Earth. Right, and, right. You all know, the presidents, the presidents end up in very yeah. places. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, so some other places where you couldn't necessarily see the characters' faces was in the um, pre-show for Mission to Mars and Flight to the Moon. Mm-hmm. They were all faced away from you. Um, and then in... Um, Actually, in the first version of Spaceship Earth, when there were a couple of characters up working in the AT&T communication center. Oh, right. And they yeah. had their backs to seats. But I think the the big question was, do those characters have faces if they um, aren't pointed out at you? And, and the answer is yes, because if you're going to put a head on a character, you're just going to go grab one of the head molds that has a face on it anyway. They're not doing a custom sculpt for it. So if there's an audio audio animatronic character that is not pointing you, it's like they have a face anyhow. Now, does it have eyeballs, though? Or their makeup on. (laughs) (sighs) Well, you have just two two, two doll's eyes staring at you. you got to cover yourself (laughs) that in case something's not bolted down down properly and it gets bumped in the night or slightly turns or, you know, I mean. Yeah, there's and there's always, you know, for, for a lot of those types of figures, it's. There are very few that are staged in such a way that you there's no angle at all where you can't see the side of a nose right. or a bit of a cheek or something. Well, let's be honest, too. There are details, as we've talked about in Horizons, that you would... N- Why was the menu even readable, right? <laughs> they could have just put blue lines, but it was an actual right. menu. So there's they, no need for like the actual like little picture of a lobster on Right, there. but at... at this time and, and and spaceship earth dates back to that all this this they did go through that detail so i would expect yeah. it to have it yeah cool how thank you you're welcome okay last one this is from jason and this is a good story so jason tells us that uh him and his family they went to disney several times from 1980 to 1986 <laughs> they didn't get back there until about 1993 and uh when he was there he uh, was looking through a gift shop or an outdoor kiosk and saw the uh, pictorial souvenir books. As he's flipping through, he noticed uh, it's a small world in the book, like, you know, one of the uh, pictures with the boat and the, the guests on it. And he realizes that he sees his own father and his own sister in the picture printed in the book. 
So he says, I was 14, didn't have any money, didn't buy it, whatever. So he goes back, tells his parents. They don't believe him. So now we have to move all the way to 2010. And uh, he finally finds one on eBay, gets one, uh, and confirms that's his family in the pictorial souvenir book. He's attached photos for us to see. Uh, and what's interesting, he says his sister, who was four, kept wanting to go in Small World over and over again to his dad's annoyance. They wrote it about six times that afternoon, according to his dad, and they're sitting in the middle third row of the boat. His sister's pointing at something, and uh, you can see his dad with his red striped shirt, and he's pretty certain uh, they chose the photo because uh, his sister's pointing excitedly, but what are the odds? You're, you're in <laughs> the pictorial amazing. souvenir. And you know what? I bet you you're right because the pointing, because some of the stock photography that they used over the years had a lot of people pointing, and now you find a lot of these you know, low camera shots looking up at a family running behind with Spaceship Earth behind them. They're all pointing. You know, pointing is a big thing. Like there must be oh, something beyond <laughs> where you are. You're the pointing to weenies, right? That's what it is. And even in the old posters, yeah. there's always pe- people pointing and, at stuff. And, and TV yeah, commercials pointing is, pointing is big. All, Uncle Sam does yeah. it. He wanted all the promo things. You. There's always like, ah, well, the Dreamfinder walking through the rainbow tunnel with Figment. He's yeah. pointing things out that aren't there. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, Figment, do you see the cameras yeah, and the lights? Yeah, it's, but I, well, I think Ron Schneider told us that was actually what he was saying to him. Like he was, yeah, was walking through there making that up. But the best part of that story is like, how many times have we been in that position? I know I was at least once or twice as a kid, where you see something, or you tell your parents something that you know is correct. <laughs> and they look at you like, yeah, right, kid. All right. Like, that's literally the experience. I've been on had. this earth 43 like, years. Like, at I know. no point did his mom or dad think, well, I guess it's worth stopping and looking. I mean, we'll stop at Main Street on the way out and just yeah, pick show up, us the up. picture, Jimmy. You know. And I wonder if he's running around, like, buying every – because you know they probably use that picture ad nauseum through a lot of different I, I Well, it lasted too. in that one for a couple of versions. Um, that's and cool. It, you know. But it, yeah, so and of course he sent us Gonna a copy to... of the of the photo and everything. It was neat to look at it. The, the other part of it yeah. was, he says, my dad, and my sister, but it's not me sitting next to them. So did they put like a <laughs> random boy? Like, did is that how they see well, people that, back then? He didn't then? want to go on the sixth time. <laughs> is that how they see people back then? Like, you might just get like a random yeah. extra from another row. Oh yeah, and they used to load if you were two. I mean, those are five across. So on a busy day. If there were Pack five the people, they'd put two and two from your party and three from another one, and yeah, you were sitting yeah, next I, to a stranger. They really Absolutely. don't. They don't do that anymore. At least stranger danger. Like not, no, they used to. They used to put someone with you in the haunted mansion in an how, omni how mover that you didn't that? know. Oh, that's weird. That's weird on that one. That's, I mean, there are. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm scared. Would you hold my hand? Well, I so I did do that once on. Uh, Those aren't pillows. No, no not that. <laughs> You did that on uh, <laughs> on. I was doing single rider line on Everest about five or six years ago, and uh, they seated me next to this like I was like seven or eight year old kid, something like that, maybe nine. I was a little boy, and and he got and we sat down, and just before right after they did the the uh, the restraint check on us, I turned to and said, "This doesn't go upside down, does it? I've 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 never been on you know." I, you know, on, he's like, no, 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 it doesn't go upside. So I'm really scared. Now, of course, I had ridden it like a thousand times. <laughs> and the whole way, the kid talked me through it. 
And he's like, oh. no, no. It was oh. the cutest thing. And he's That's like, awesome. well, we're going to go down a big hill now. Now we're going to go backwards. <laughs> and so I have the picture of uh, of us going down the, 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 the hill. I mean, the kid's probably like 14 now. But uh, yeah. I, I have the, uh, you know, I had photo pass at the time. So I have the picture of me and this kid going down the lift. And That's every awesome. now and then I come across it and just chuckle to myself. It's a great way to ride the ride, by the way. If you've ever, like... If you ever get seated next to somebody who's like been on it a bunch, just pretend you've never ridden it before. <laughs> That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, we I I do that at a good being awkward. If you're ever at an auto show, yeah, you know, whatever big one, you see a family getting into a sedan. You know, three seats. There's one left. Take the fourth seat. <laughs> you want to make people feel awkward. How often are you shut <laughs> in and close the door? <laughs> It's one of the best Uh-oh. things ever. They're they're trying the seats. They're they're doing everything, and this strange guy just gets in solo next to him. They're like, "Who are you?" And you're like, "I'm just looking at the car, just like you, buddy." <laughs> I um, saw a cast member do something really nice. There was this little kid with Snow White, and uh, he did not want to go. He did not want to ride Seven Dwarfs. And the uh, cast member looks at him and says, "Do you want me to slow it down for you to make this train go slower?" And he says, yeah. And his tears <laughs> stopped. And she pressed the mode, the button, and off it went. It. And I said to her, I'm like, can you send mine faster? She's well, it doesn't go to. I'm like, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, like, please. Just, please. Like, I, I actually saw but, them do that um, just last month. There was a nice. kid, like, flipping yeah. out. And she yeah. came back, and she's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the slow one. Where where was this taken? Was there, like, a guy up on one of the pedestals? Or, like, what 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 do you think happened there? Two, two things. They could have been standing up high and shooting with the zoom lens, mm. or this could just be cropped in from uh, from the oh, side. Oh, but oh, they oh would... like a wider... Yeah. Actually, I guess the question is, what are they pointing at? <laughs> right? We need to watch a ride through. But now. I'm also concerned kind of about the father, because he's ignoring his daughter. He's paying attention to the surrogate son. Oh, no. The dad's checking out the hippo. Yeah, that's, right. He's, he's <laughs> done the a swivel. His, his sister's trying to get attention. The hippos, I mean, yeah. that's that's what I always look at. That funny hippo with the googly eyes. That's and the birds on the back. That's I forget what's on the. That's gold, Jerry. (laughs) Uh, Bring up the blueprints here. (laughs) Got to get the blueprints. The blueprints. All right, Africa. Um, Right on the blueprints, it's going to say like secret photo spot. Our next move is trying to identify the other people in the photo, and then we'll get a boat and recreate this photo. <laughs> right then, we got everyone. There's like, unfortunately, it's all like F F fifty seven, F forty six, or D. And well, then... if they're right to the left of the hippo, then that picture has to be the person has to be back by the pyramid somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, maybe a little past that. There's a there's another outcropping. Okay, so we're we're wrapping this up here, and we're looking at our uh, Jason's uh, picture. We kind of wanted to identify roughly where this was taken, and uh, we we've watched video, we've looked at blueprints and everything, and we're finding that the photographer was stationed somewhere in the Egypt area near a leaf or uh, the pyramids in that range. Because if you're looking at this photo, they're pretty much right next to the hippo, and the picture's kind of behind them, but. 
How do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, there's, there's, it's funny. Everybody's, I guess what the people are pointing at is the, I guess the giraffes, because there's not a, there's actually not a lot over on that side. No. Uh, I, I found a nice, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But there's, they're, yeah, they're standing, like you said, on the, on the left side across looking over. So my, my unsolved so. mysteries piss, if you or anybody else you know is in this photo, please reach out to us uh, on that. We can retro. do it. Re- we can do a reunion, get everybody on the boat. Yeah, yeah, nice photo op at Retro Magic 51. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's going to close the mailbag. Thank you, Jason, for that. If you have a cool story like that, uh, you want to tell us something uh, you, you picked up in an episode, maybe sparked a memory, let us know. There's a good chance it could end up in the show. We try to write back to everybody. Uh, but let us know, podcast at retrowdw.com. More than 100,000 people from every state in the Union have poured into the world's most popular theme park to celebrate America's 212th birthday. Welcome to Walt Disney World's 4th of July Spectacular. All right, gentlemen. Well, as we said at the top of the episode, we are going to be talking about the television special, the Walt Disney World 4th of July Spectacular from 1988. And and what prompted us to do this episode is that uh we talked about the willard scott portion of it in the maelstrom episode a few months back and i got thinking i said you know what we need to go through that entire uh television spectacular here for for the upcoming fourth of july so we'll review willard scott again but there's so much more in this action-packed hour and a half which actually ran for two hours if you include the commercial time uh so we're gonna be talking about that tonight and gentlemen we we I guess we could say we all watched it or maybe suffered through part of it might be the right thing. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. So uh, I'm going to take you guys through it. I know you've all watched it. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of different superstars that came in. But I think it's good to remind everybody that the reason these shows were, were put on the, you know, ABC uh, network um, was really to connect you with your favorite superstars and the hottest stars of the time. I'm more um, comfortable saying stars, not superstars. Okay, that's that's true. It is more of a, a star. Celebrities. Uh, no. Celebrities. There was no Twitter. You didn't have the outreach of Instagram and all that stuff. So this was the uh, way to I see mean, your... The biggest name was probably Carol Burnett. Yeah, and even then, as we're going to find out, she didn't Oh, I have <laughs> a lot to a lot say here. about that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be ready for that. Um, but this was a way for you to connect and see them, uh, so to speak, outside. And there's also some very short cameos in here. But anyway, um, gentlemen, the first thing when this starts, the first thing I noticed was the familiar voice of Jack Wagner doing the whole narration of the entire uh, spectacular from start to finish, which I which was very refreshing to hear his hear his voice. And I forgot that he did a lot of these these items. Uh, but he uh, he comes on very early. If you don't remember who Jack Wagner was, announcer for Disneyland, as well as very well known for the Walt Disney World uh, monorail system, the original narrator for that, um, amongst many other things. And uh, he comes on to tell us about uh, America's favorite Fourth of July band, the Beach Boys, uh, and their friends, their good friends, the Fat Boys, will be coming up. And uh, we're going to see Rita Moreno, Tommy Toon, Miss America, Willard Scott, Sandy Patty, uh, uh, Lee Greenwood. I gotta, I gotta, just, there should have been a semicolon there. Miss America and yeah. Willard Scott. Not Miss America, Willard Scott. Willard Scott was not <laughs> Miss America. Uh, just correct, so everyone correct. is clear. Uh, he, he felt like Mr. I America to a lot of people. I don't want to slight Kaylani Ray Rafko. <laughs> 
who was the <laughs> Miss America, not only that year on this show, but one that we yep. all remember because her name was Kaylani Ray Rafko. That's I don't right. know what you're talking about. Well, you were we'll like, get there, you JT. Like you will later. <laughs> and then we had all sorts of special Fourth of July greetings from, as we mentioned, Carol Burnett, Burke Convy, Clifton Davis, Deidre Hall, Mark Price, and Burt Reynolds. So we'll get to those in a little bit. So here we go. We've got after the credits, the opening shot of the train station is there, and uh, the Magic Kingdom. And there's people. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seeing this. Is that they've got. All these performers and band members walking down the tracks and they make a left and a right and they've got stairs to walk down through the garden um, onto the planters on either side of the Mickey head planter. And then, then there's another set of stairs to bring them down onto the, the, the concrete in the front. I've, I've, have you guys ever seen anything like that before? But uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then um, we've got trumpets on the roof. And they, they do this rousing number called Come Follow the Band, which was from the Broadway show Barnum. And before you know it, the train rolls in. We've got dancing and excitement and you know this is a big big opening number uh and all the dancers are dressed like band members and this runs about i don't know three minutes and 20 seconds too long i don't know what you're thinking but i was yeah and then you know these are not things that i particularly enjoyed these types of numbers but uh uh it was it was uh it was the big opening number um we quickly jump down to main street usa to introduce our host for the evening Let's move now to Main Street, USA. And here are Tempest Bledsoe from The Cosby Show and the star of the new hit Double Dare, Mark Summers. Some of the younger listeners out there may not know who these names are, so I'll kind of fill them in here. And Brian, you're our resident expert on uh, on a lot of these people, so I'm going to look to you tonight for more color uh, commentary on the individuals. But um, let's start with Mark Summers. Um, two years prior to this... He started a very popular game show on the Nickelodeon. He was the host called Double Dare, but did a lot of other different hosts over the years and, and really be kind of became a staple of some, some yeah, kids there shows. There in the and food, stuff, but f- food Network or food Travel Network, right? a- Channel, he did uh, Unwrapped was his show. Yes, um, yes, where he went to the factories and stuff. would go to the factories and yeah. all. Now, I want to say a couple of things. First off, although he identifies himself as having grown up in, I believe, Indiana during this special. Correct. He is Philadelphia's own Mark Summers. His production company is based here. Double Dare was was was, uh, yeah. was produced here. My sister got to go and be in the audience of Double Dare Ooh. once because they produced it right in the city, and it was like every a trip. child in 1986 who watched that show wanted to go and just get slimed and jump into a giant yeah. pudding pie. And, and, and what it was was like a, like a, an ops. Well. It yeah. was like an obstacle course. The end was an course. obstacle course, yeah. Uh, and there was a like a Jeopardy section, right, where you answered questions, mm-hmm. trivia questions. questions. Do, you want me to, do you want me to talk about this? Yes, I do. JT, Because this is yeah, in your wheel. This is the well. one thing I could talk about on this episode. <laughs> go, go ahead, JT, So, so Double Dare was like a trivia game back and forth, and then they did, you know, I don't know the answer, so dare. And then it went back to the other team, Double Dare, and then it turned into the physical challenge. And then they had Physical like, challenge, they that's had the right. physical challenge on a high-gloss tile floor, which always... <laughs> 
these lead <laughs> spills. And it would be like, oh, let's you know see who can get the most water in this cup across the way with sponges. The end was the obstacle course with the uh, you know the mouth slide and the Sunday slide and the the hamster. Did they have wheel. flags planted yes, or something? The, so so like a flags. good one was like you had to go pick the big nose and pull out the boogers and the flag was <laughs> up in the boogers and so then the next move was you'd get the flag and shove it down your shirt of course covered in goo yes. and then you try to get through all like ten stations uh before the time ran out and mark summers was there the whole way you know yelling at you dig 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 get the fly the whole thing he was a great host for that very high energy he had like the yeah. suit on with the jeans usually uh it was good good show though that was and then there was family double dare there was a couple versions oh that's it. right a couple spinoffs yeah and, and he, he my understanding is he had ocd and some of this this you know self-diagnosed he did a um he even has a book or something that he, or some sort of series that he did on it, and uh, he had to kind of work with himself to deal with these kids getting covered and himself getting covered in slime. So you can imagine that. What's interesting so. is they a few years back, I don't know, ten years ago, they did a reunion show with Double Dare, and it was only like twenty minutes on some random channel, and it just wasn't that good. And I tweeted, I said. Ah, this wasn't the best. And Mark Summers actually tweeted at me and said, "Can't, can't please everyone." And I was like, oh. "No, no, I just wanted more of the original double." That's there. hilarious. Like, Mark Summers Mark calls Summers. you out. Yeah, he did. All right, well, tag him on this and say we're doing him a we're doing him a good I here. Know, I so, love all right, Mark Summers. All right. All right. Well, Mark was paired with Temptus Bledsoe, uh, known mostly and at that time for her role uh, as Vanessa. On the Cosby Show, the fourth Huxtable child. Um, I do, I don't I did not follow her over the years. I, I don't know what she did before and after that. Does anybody uh, have any information on that? I think she just lives on Cosby Show originals. Uh, originals. <laughs> She's uh, just on reruns. Well, no, that's not true. She had the uh, she had the <clears throat> a talk show, the Tempest Blood Show. Uh, oh, really? Bledsoe Show. Uh, back in like the mid '90s, when they literally gave everyone a talk show. Yes, everybody. Uh, got she one. she had one for a little while, and uh, that was kind of her thing. But yeah, yeah. Go back and watch the Cosby Show. You can see it. I'm sure she probably did some. Uh, it looks. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at a page right now. So she's done a yeah, bunch of some, you know like one up guest voice, appearances mm-hmm. on and voice shows, voiceover work on the Disney Channel. Um. I'm trying to see if she's done any Hallmark movies, because that's what happens with a lot of them. Yeah, she was on The Replacements, so. Yeah, a couple things, but never, No, like you said, Brian, they're not superstars, yeah. they're they're celebrities and stuff. Well, to his point, I think if you're, if, if you're in Cosby Show money, you yeah. probably don't have to do things unless you really At, want to. Prior true. to three years ago, yeah. And then when yeah, then when they yeah. then well, when they, she then when they stopped running the reruns, uh, the the check <laughs> stopped. True. Hopefully, sh- she's invested. Well. That's right. So we cut over to a gazebo shot that looks like it's over at Liberty Square, and Mark and uh, Temptus are there, uh, and and uh, they quickly start talking about what we're going to see, and the little banter that goes back and forth, and we jump over to Main Street USA, where the where the the uh, parade starts, and we have an all-American college band. We get a quick shot of that band. We jump into the U.S. Army Ground Services band, and a f- only a few seconds of that, where we got the Walters New World Marching Band, uh, and thus starts the song that will never leave your head. And also, this is the name of our episode, The Spirit of America, which was definitely a Disney uh, earworm, I could say. So, um, 
So at this point, you don't see Mark and Teptis. They're, they're off camera, and they're just narrowing the parade. Good evening, everybody. Boy, this sure is the place to be on the 4th of July, isn't it, Mark? You bet, Tempest. I mean, think about it. All these celebrations going on throughout the country, and we're here on Main Street, USA, for the big one. Well, while Disney World is decked out in red, white, and blue 365 days of the year, but the 4th of July is really special. You know, Walt Disney once said that if you could look deep into his eyes, you would see old glory waving when when you would see the the Easter parade and the Christmas parade. Um, they at least would station like a broadcast, like a yes. traditional parade reviewing stand location for Regis and and uh, Kelly or for for Joan London or whoever to 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 Ben Green yeah, yeah ben to Green, broadcast yeah. from or at least appear to be broadcasting from. Yeah, uh, this one, uh, maybe they I mean, and they had been doing them for a few years at this point, but maybe they just didn't have their groove for this one or because yeah. it was two different parades. It was night and daytime that they were that they were pulling in there. You can tell that all of the dialogue was done off camera uh, right. watching a video screen, not watching what was actually <laughs> going on. In front yeah, of and it's 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 very. Look, Regis and Kathleen are natural, right? They can ad lib and they can take the script and make it right. feel natural. Um, Mark and Tempest just didn't seem, it felt scripted. It felt studio edited. There's no natural pauses. And there's just these weird things that most people wouldn't say with these odd little laughs yeah. and yes. like, where did so that you, come so from? You got and the sense it was weird. Some of it was scripted, if not all of it. I've always wondered what I'd look like in one of those costumes. You look very cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but definitely, they were narrating to the edited video they were looking at and not right. something that was happening what, live. That That's what and, comes through very quickly. Yeah. And what's really interesting is it's so edited that the same float comes down the street multiple times <laughs> from different angles over and over again. So this is how you get to a two-hour. It's like so, Hanna-Barbera. Like a, how yeah, the backgrounds yeah. are reused when Fred right, Flintstone's right. running or something like that. You know. So we've got Spirit of America playing. The singers are there. They're doing all this thing. Um, we've got some of these oddball quotes. But then we get a surprise. In his red shirt. Open at the top a few buttons. The hair's flowing out of the chat from the chest there. Flowers behind him. Some uh, crowd noise piped in. It's none other than Burt Reynolds. And he tells us a bit about the Declaration of Independence without even mentioning it. Now, gentlemen, I want to read it here. And you tell me if this makes sense. Over two centuries ago, a group of two patriots got together and created a document. That's important to us now as it was then. Maybe we don't think about it every day but it's there. And if it wasn't, we'd think about it. Thanks, America. And happy birthday. It, w it was... <laughs> what is that? It was the first of what <laughs> clearly were... Uh, there's probably, what, a half dozen of them throughout the broadcast yes. of these drop-ins of these bigger-name people uh, who, who agreed to do, like, 30-second clips that could be cut in, which were very popular in these Disney parade broadcasts and specials back then uh, where you just agree to sit in front of a camera somewhere, you know, send a crew over to my backyard and I'll, and I'll record it. You know, my agent says I have to do this because uh, they wanted to be on the show or. 
Yeah, I just I just didn't maybe we don't think about it every day, but it's there. If and it wasn't, we'd think about yeah. it. Well. Thanks, America. Cut to commercial. So um we come back from commercial. Mark is there again, tells us people are streaming into the Magic Kingdom to see the fireworks, but we cut to a parade where nobody can walk up <laughs> Main Street USA because of the parade. So, you know, but this is a this is to get you excited that you want to come see this next year or come come to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, so let's just suspend that belief for a little bit because then he says there's over a hundred thousand people in the Magic Kingdom today. Have we? Have they? Is that a number that they've reached? I, I forget the capacity. Is that something that was allowed? A hundred thousand? That seems really high for the Magic Kingdom. I hope. <clears throat> from what I remember from the 1990s going on, they could let a hundred and five thousand yeah. in, and then they would cut it off. Then they would. Okay. So all right, so that's so it's, that's a very bit that is a very busy yeah, uh, but yeah, that is that is uh, uncomfortable, <laughs> but with within the realm of uh, possibility. All right, so Mark and Temptus are uh, their comments are continuing, and we treat with a lighthouse, um, and he's got a really weird written quote. By the way, they're dancing down there. Either the fishing's great, or the Red Sox won a doubleheader. I hope it's the last one. <laughs> I hope it's the last one. I mean, who writes this stuff? But he was referring to New England because they're they're trying to go through the you know all the different major areas of of the United States, and then tempt us with a you know. I imagine it must be difficult to dance in all those clothes. But they always just look like they're having the best time of their life. I mean, they're just like you sit oh. here. And it, it feels painful to watch it. You Is know? she suggesting that they should be dancing naked? I don't, I don't know, or maybe smaller leotards. Yeah, I think or they're something. just because they're know. big, full outfits. And right, right. So we got the same song, "Spirit of America," going on. Song starts again. Uh, Captain Hook and Smee come by in a, in a boat, and uh, then what do you know is a is a silo uh, with dancing scarecrows. I think they used those for a while. Um, and the quote there is, "Check out the size of that silo. It's like a skyscraper on wheels." Ow. So, uh, but anyway, we get country bears on a wagon. We got Big Al, uh, liver lips, and I believe they called him Shaker. Is that the correct name? I didn't. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. Yeah. I always like those those scarecrow uh, costumes where the the one yes. leg is a stick. Yeah, one one leg is in a, actually in this one. Is, yeah, and then the other just one is swirls around is a, yeah. is a leg, and one is just swinging around. Yeah, it's really, it, it, it's, looks they're really done well. Cool. They're done well. One of, one of the things that fascinates me when I'm there, I am extremely scared of falling, and that trolley track down the middle of the of of Main Street. Every yeah. time, I can't believe there aren't. 50 people a day who don't sprain their ankles turning into that <laughs> and here you've got like dance routines right in the middle of the train track of the trolley tracks and right and yeah nobody's spraining their ankle uh well there is a secret to that i want to hear the secret so before they do a parade they actually have these rubber lines that are like built exactly to the size of the trolley they tracks fill it in. and they fill in the gap with these rubber so, so it's okay yeah, if they fill the things. whole street i thought they only did it at the switch so points. it's okay if we I, fall 
It's just not <laughs> right. okay yeah. if the people that OSHA would come for. Would well, be. you're swinging around your third leg. You gotta, yeah. you, you, you gotta be careful. You're not dancing. You we, got five, we got five-legged <laughs> goats and three-legged scarecrows. <laughs> I mean, that's that. We, that's what you got to protect. That's what it is. Oh man. So we get an odd cut. It's Mickey's birthday, and we did do an episode on Mickey's birthday land, episode forty-four. And it says, the whole world wants to wish you happy birthday, Mickey Mouse. The whole world wants to wish you happy birthday, Mickey Mouse. Everybody wants to toast you with a song. Which is really weird because we get this this montage of, of, of Mickey video for about two minutes. And we come back to the gazebo with Mark and Temptus, and we're told that some of Mickey Mouse's friends took a video of the big day, and he's going to let us see it. And thus starts the oddest, and and maybe this is just the period of time when no one could do a good character voice. There is just something wrong with this whole segment. It it, It is, it's off. Certainly, the Mickey is not as as bad as the the slideshow that we... Oh, yes. the, right. It's like a version of that, though. But, it's it, like, but oh. it is. It's like someone doing a bad impression. My birthday. <laughs> I had no idea what kind of a day it was going to be when I left the house that morning. So I, I wondered, since Jack Wagner is doing the if he Jack Wagner did all the character voices except for Minnie in this, the way that he did oh, in the oh, maybe. That, um, that um, slideshow thing that we but had. they're they're not they're and none of them are close. I mean, Basley, please take the camera. No, I no, got a big no, mix no, cake. No, please. Well, oh, all right. Chip and Dale. I mean, we've always learned that that the historical aspect Chip and Dale is that they ran the recorder slower and then they played it back at normal speed to get the Chip and Dale's voice. This is like they record normal speed and then press fast forward on the tape deck. It's the wrong way to do yeah. it. Um, I've never baked a cake before. What goes in it? Hmm. Ah, let's look in the cookbook. What an excellent idea. Thank you. Think nothing of it. <laughs> You've got this 80s beat in the background and it's all filmed at the birthday land stage. Um so then Goofy sounds like angry. Like he's been smoking wrong. cigarettes and he's very angry. <laughs> it's just wrong. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There is one person who did the character voices. They're in the credits. Oh, who is it? Uh, hang on, let me find it again. A name. I did Car- see the name. Here it is. There, yeah. Barnett Ricky. Richie. R I C Okay, let's look it up. This is live. <laughs> so she was credited as Minnie Mouse in a Magic Kingdom Yuletide special. We're gonna have to oh, look okay. that one up, Brian. We never so, did that one. So maybe she did the Minnie voice. Oh, yeah, but look at this. Mick in the Magic Kingdom Yuletide special, Jack Wagner did Mickey, Scrooge, Goofy, and Donald. And there we go. Barnett Ricky yeah. did Minnie Mouse. We, we so, called it. Everybody's Mickey is better than Jack Wagner's. Oh boy. You know, there that's you not hard to do. So uh, now this is also a part to try to get us excited to come see Mickey's birthday land. This is probably one of the first yeah, times I mean, they really the, put it put a plus it was on the it, first right? new yeah. land, and... and there was more to come. Outside, they were opening up my birthday land. I was so happy. All my friends were having a great time, and Duckburg was decked out. But yeah, I mean, and it's 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 new and it looks good, and Mickey takes you through every room in his house. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, they show you the yeah. stage show, and they show you when it part, when, part of the part stage, stage show. show. They show. Um, I love how he says Carol Burnett drops in, and and she doesn't say All a right. thing, but she's there yeah. for the opening, I guess, with Michael Eisner, and they pull this whistle and it goes off. Uh, oh yeah, that was from the grand yeah opening, grand opening, yeah. the Mouska Maze. Um, I, I liked how somebody called it a petting farm. I've never. It's always a petting zoo. I've never heard it called a petting farm before, but maybe well, zoo isn't Grandma's, the right word, you know, because it's on Grandma Duck's farm, oh, so they can't call it a zoo. That's that's. that's I right. did a little digging on the mouse camaze, and yeah, because I don't remember me because I have a video of me a few years after this, probably 1990, 91, and in this video they show these kids looking at these PVC like pipes, right. and they look over, and it shoots them in the face with water. <laughs> now the video i have that's a few years later than this that water shooting is no longer there and it's just like a mist of a puff of mist so i'm wondering hmm. if they popped too many kids in the face and made them cry and they realized <laughs> we have to change this right. because someone got squirted in the eye and yeah did permanent damage i'm pretty sure oh is are you serious or are you no i don't know but like looking at <laughs> this serious, clark like <laughs> there's a there's a couple of shots in here of like two kids yeah. getting it and they're reacting like <laughs> why did you just like a super soaker the the with this eyeball yeah it's, <laughs> so oh so that's yeah. yeah it's just this video and the pvc pipes are there but they're just like it's like a mist of like almost like a fog machine later down the road and i got a cool shot of it because the train rolls right by there it's like which it worked then doesn't now but uh yeah that's the mouse camaze and then the mickey house always grossed me out because it was just like a little tyke's house that he stood in like it wasn't he's like i'm making my bed and you're like no you're not that pillow's plastic it's just it was just a blow mold JT's house. like i i want to i want to see you're textiles not the real santa <laughs> right. I, I was i was like you know like 10 9 8 you know in that range throughout all this and this whole area just wasn't that impressive it just looked very chintzy like yeah huh i know what you mean though uh, they did have a lot of like some of the furniture was real but I guess not that particular. Yeah, yeah. I remember going into Mickey's room. dressing room, and I'm like, "This is this is weird." Like it was. So I, I want I want you to remember, as we talked about on our Mickey's Birthday Land episode, this entire land was built with the marketing budget mm. for In that like sixty year. days or something, they, wasn't it? Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, it was like three months or two months or three months, and the whole thing was so it was bailing wire and duct tape. It was super cheap. You're. Right, and then Imagineering got pissed because they weren't consulted, and so yeah, it was not it was not expensive, and it was not done right slowly. Um, but you know what? It worked. Yeah, it, it worked, and that was the first time you could walk through Mickey's house. Yep. And then they took this idea and actually made it nice in California, and, and we put some money behind. And it. we see a balloon launch, and Cindy Williams and her kids wish Mickey a happy birthday. I was one. Nancy was, Reagan and and the Foster grandparents was, was that her band? Yeah, no. Was that Nancy Reagan's band? Now, now, the the Crawford <laughs> brothers covered this a couple of months ago and, okay. and made the same similar joke. And I, I, I now have to correct you guys too. But two things: one, I couldn't figure out why I kept singing the Laverne and Shirley theme song. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now I know because Cindy Williams was there. This was there, yeah. <laughs> when we watched this earlier today. Uh, the second thing is the Foster Grandparents Program, which still exists, uh, was... So wait, I, they did the same joke as me? and A and similar joke. They were like... Because I, I did yeah. not read, I did not listen no, to their podcast. I was like, That's oh, is that funny. a thing? And then, and then I had to like let them know after I listened to it, hey, 
Like that was uh, in the way like Barbara Bush supported the reading. Reading oh, is yeah. fundamental. That riff group and thing. One of Nancy Reagan's programs before the Just Say No to Drugs thing, like her first big program as First Lady was the Foster Grandparents program, which was, uh, you know, very big in the in the 80s. And basically what it was was you were taking older people uh, who would volunteer to act as foster grandparents to kids who didn't have any grandparents. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, as mentors, kind of like the big brother, big sister, but in the grandparent mold. So you got some grandparents to give you, you know, take you out for a Sunday and give you two dollars. Um, That's cool. If they didn't have any grandkids of their own and you didn't have any grandparents yep. and they and they paired them up. So that's what the foster grandparents were. Everyone in 1988 gotcha. knew who the foster grandparents were. But I forgot. But thank they're you. not as exciting as the foster grants, uh, which would be. <laughs> They'd give you, like, a pair of, like, sunglasses. inexpensive sunglasses. Right, right. <laughs> or so. the Foster or well, the Foster Brooks, who would, who would sit right. there and do drunk jokes all day. Kids, look them up. That's right. All right, well, well, uh. dusk falls on Duckburg, and, and the bus drives off with all of Mickey's friends. Somebody drops the camera. and uh, Wait, I have, one, oh. I have one note one note about the bus thing, because it's nighttime, yes. and there's crickets chirping, and it's the same cricket soundtrack from the Jungle Cruise. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, hey, why, why revisit? Goodbye, Minnie. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye Mickey. Goodbye. We get a happy birthday, America, from Tommy Tune and Rita Moreno. They'll be back a little later, so just hold on. Uh, we're told that the exquisite new Grand Floridian is host to our next guest, and we cut to commercials. So I, I we've talked about this before, but uh, these, this this next guest are the Beach Boys and the Fat Boys doing Wipeout, um, which was a, a big hit in 88 there. They're dancing on the beach, uh, set up pretty much where the scuttlebutt was set up in Thunder and Paradise, right? How pretty much the same, That's correct, same yeah. spot. There was a power um, outlet there. That's probably why. <laughs> easily hook up all the cameras. They, Shortest distance for cables. Right? I love these old flyovers of these resorts because you can oh, yeah. see the uh, the sailboat docked yeah, right yeah. there in the sand, and there's people out in the water. Yep. So if, if, go go check out the Beach Boys and the Fat Boys online. They also had a real video that that ran on MTV, which was great. And you know everybody talks about John Stamos in the Kokomo video, but John Stamos is in this one too, pretending to play guitar as well. Ah, is he? There we go. Yeah, yeah, he is. We'll talk about him in, in a little pink, bit because we got some. He's info. in the pink tank top. There we go. Um, and that ends, and then uh, they cut to Mark Price. Um, I mean, you guys remember who Mark Price is? I've been actually watching these shows recently, to, and and. Uh, he played Skippy on Family Ties. Oh, sure. Oh, that's Irwin, right. Irwin, yeah. Irwin, because Irwin he was Erwin Handelman. There he, it is. Well, okay. So call back to our episode about shooting game shows at Disney MGM Studios. Oh, that's right. He was there shooting Teen Wind right. Wizard. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's right. He was the host on that. 
Yeah. So so they got him, and he he gets a little girl to blow a birthday kiss to all of America. Really short uh, part. But now we're going to go back to Main Street, USA, and we have the float of floats. Um, JT, you you mentioned when you were watching it, you sent a sent a message in our in our uh, episode channel, like, oh my gosh, this, this was a steamboat float. Uh, by the way, just in case anybody didn't know, the the song is "Spirit of America." Sure, we're still playing that. Um, turned out to be this was a hundred feet long and twenty five feet high. This thing is ma- a massive articulated float. It's it's really impressive. I, I remember they used that one for a very long time. Over, over and over again. Did it originate? Uh, did it originate in for this, or was it? You know, that's a, that is actually a really good question. It, it, I, I know it I may have think... come with the castle float in 1986 for the 15th anniversary, or did the castle float start with the 10 centennial? I don't remember. Castle floats are with okay. the 10 centennial, so mm-hmm. it yep. may have come with the. Uh, the 15th anniversary might have been the steamboat. You know, I'm I'm going to say that it was it was probably made for either this parade or a previous one. You know, I should look at the parade because all of these uh all of these uh floats so far are actually themed towards Disney attractions. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So there's a big fun there's a big thunder mountain that's obviously the steamboat, so there are, there are allusions to I think uh to attractions and stuff on this so well where's the lighthouse i want my cape cod's whaling adventure ride <laughs> i mean we, we should mention that this was all in the middle their 1987 88 promo was the yep. star spangled salute to america that was once the 15th anniversary was over their next like year and a half was the star spangled salute to america uh, which was piggybacking on the 200th, the bicentennial of the Constitution, um, and so the the like the parade all year was a patriotic themed one, and it's great because the finale of the parade was a Constitution float, and then for Christmas week, because if you remember they didn't used to do Mickey's Christmas party all the time, they just used to have like a Christmas week parade. They simply did an overlay to turn the Constitution into a big Merry Christmas cake. Oh, and then just okay. took it off right, right afterwards <laughs> to turn it back into hey. the Constitution or Declar- Declaration of Independence. We the people. Yep. Yeah, so. Reuse it. So we. Oh, you know, yeah. and Todd, I was wrong. The, that that castle one that was for the 15th. Yeah, I thought so. Finale. I thought so. Okay. That so was it, the it was, it was okay. I mean, because we get to see it here later and it was fairly new. So we get a mining float with uh, what they call Mr. 49er, where he's exploding a dynamite thing and, you know, steam and water comes flying out. Very reminiscent of uh, a Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah. You know, my favorite part on that float is that there's like a, a prairie dog yes. coming out of a hole yeah. and they have it holding a tiny little American flag. <laughs> well, hey, he's he's patriotic, too. Um, yes. Goofy does a back in the a rendition of back in the saddle. He sounds like Rolf from the Muppets, to be honest with you. Again, <laughs> things were a little simpler back then, weren't they? The saddle again. Oh, who's that? That's Goofy. Well, granted, Goofy's a little clumsy, and horse riding didn't come naturally to him, but he stuck with it, and look where he is today, doing his best John Wayne impersonation. Well, listen. So was that before? 
before Van Halen did it or <laughs> after Van Halen? I don't know. Aerosmith, I think, that did it. Um, so we get multiple shots of this float over and over and over. We've got Temptus making some some odd laughs. And again, they really milk the float coming in from all angles. Um, we got our dancing lumberjacks. Those were a staple in the daytime parade for, for many years. Uh, kind of reminds me of what almost like the grave diggers that they use, you know, in the, in the um, Halloween. You know, Todd, I'm looking here. Yeah. This is this is the 1987 Spirit of America parade. So they're still running it in 88. They're still doing it. Yep. On at night. There yep. you go. So it looks like these floats were all new for that year. And, gotcha. and this this year also brought in the barn. Yes. Float. Yep. That still gets used, used yeah, over and Claire. over again. Yeah. A thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. This was a big year for floats. It, 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 there's a lot of floats in this. So, but we got to stop the parade for a minute. We got to get over to America's sweetheart, Willard Scott. Hey, thanks, Tempest. I'm right here in line for the world premiere of the Maelstrom Thrill Ride at Epcot's newest and 11th World Showcase Pavilion, Norway. He's going to mention the Norway <laughs> Pavilion. Uh, oh, he is. He's in Norway again. Yeah. Well, this is, remember, we talked about Maelstrom, but this is how he plays out in this. So uh, he talks about the new Norway Pavilion. It was opened by the Crown Prince of Norway, dedicated it. Uh, they show some clips from the grand opening, and it's it's another balloon release happens, and they're playing... When you wish upon a star, which is a very, I just would have thought maybe, I don't know. You know, they're playing it in Norwegian, though. (laughs) Oh, the notes do have a little Nordic flair to them, I believe. Yeah. Um, I I just found that really interesting. So they do the balloon release, daytime fireworks, and uh, Willard then hands it off to Carol Burnett. Uh, And like Bert, uh, she's in front of the same flowers. And Brian, I got to ask you, she did it in when she was... In Mickey's birthday land, she wiggled something on her left ear, and she did the same thing here. Anybody know what that yeah, is? She wiggles. Yeah. What is? Is that part of her it shtick? It is. Because I never. It is. So she would. I have a lot of things to say about Carol Burnett, but yeah, please go. Uh, you're, you're on. It's <laughs> Brian. She you're would on. end the Carol Burnett show every week, which was a variety show on from the late '60s into the '70s. I always thought the animation in the opening was, was um, that, you know, very popular at the time. But she would end every show where she'd come out like at the end of Saturday Night Live. The guest host does and says, thanks, everybody. Have a great night. You know, see you. And she would always tug her ear. And the I don't know how long it took for someone to ask why she did it. But the tugging of the ear was a message to her mother watching at home, uh, you know, good night, I love you, whatever. It's a, It mm-hmm. was a way for her to signal her mother that, that she was thinking okay. of her. And it became her shtick. Uh, I, aside from Miss Hannigan in Annie, I have never been a Carol Burnett fan. I don't know why. I mm-hmm. just find her annoying. And it's tough to say because she's still alive. She's a national treasure. She's mm-hmm. in her late 80s now, I think, if not cross the 90 barrier. Um, the wooden reading here, like she is fulfilling a contractual obligation. Like you can literally <laughs> yes. see her yes. reading yes. the cue card like I would rather be anywhere but here. And now I've read it. And you can turn the camera off. Like it is emotionless. It is yes, wooden. It is. It is, it is uh, 
almost an insult, like, because she's, because it's like she's purposely tanking. To live in a country where freedom isn't just fashionable. And then I like my sparklers. So with my buddies here, we'd all like to say happy birthday, America. I, I feel that this was probably done in California. They got Bert and her to come in on the same day. And she has characters, so they just throw some Disney characters from Disneyland next to her. And okay. okay, so remember, Bert was doing uh, Win, Lose, or Draw. So, oh, he may have been down there. Yeah, so, uh, which was a Disney production. Right, so, right. So he could, I mean, he could have been in California, but he was actually sort of under the employee right. of Disney that time. Because well, Disney was we'd, producing. We'd still think, yeah. we'd still think Burnett, about it, Hal. We would still yeah, think about and Carol it. Burnett was, I guess, getting set up for her new show on ABC, Carol and Company, which they promoted during the Disney MGM uh, show, which ran for a year and tanked. Mm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, all right. I'm not, sh- I'm yeah. not sure why she's so sad right now, but well, maybe her Magnum PI like episode <laughs> didn't do well yes, right here. <laughs> well, we go to commercial after. Uh, Carol there and um, we come back to Mark Summers is telling us and get us all excited about the Disney MGM Studios which will be opening next year so they say it's not done yet but they do a flyover JT of the back lot and some of the construction and they zoom down and it's very clear that the New York street is not done yet because you can tell there's a big black drape at the end of the street it's Um, really that flyover is really cool because you can see this is that year before the park right and like they've got the back lot and you could tell why sort of bill yeah and you can tell why they did it not a lot else there no that's why they did it in the the evening studios (laughs) and it's the back lot and that's all that's it they didn't want to show you anything else and uh so we're treated to lots of big hair um and the song new york new york and gentlemen, I did not catch who sang it. Um, I, 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 did, I, did anybody find? I don't who, recognize who the woman singing it. So I, I yeah, I and didn't they either. didn't introduce her by name. So no. I, I, Mickey is playing the piano though, which is odd because job. it's you know it's a full orchestra. So yeah, uh, how and if you look, <laughs> if you odd. look carefully, the street almost looks like it's temporary dance floor put down that they hadn't even paved yet. It's it's uh, well. It's so new. Yeah. Everything is clean. <laughs> That's true. At, they haven't weathered like anything they yet. Ha- they ha- right. They haven't weathered it. You know what they did, though? They do this. At, I've seen this on some Universal Studio specials. Like, uh, it, it, like they they filmed an in-sync video of all things in the New York uh, area of Universal, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And they, they, right. they, I don't know why, it's some production Joe Hollywood move. They always wet the pavement. Like, yeah. So, exactly. I was yeah. just going to say that. It does look now. Watch it. It does look wet. Yeah, yep. it gives it, it does, yeah. Chuck. Old Hollywood tricks, yep. evens out the, the coloring, so that way you can't tell. And they do that for car, like every car commercial. If you look at any car commercial, when the car is parked, the ground, the asphalt is wet that it's yeah. sitting on. But we've got uh, we've got lights, we've got people on top of the building, a lot of teams. Oh, I like the mannequins in the, there's like mannequins in the second in the and third yeah. stories. And, and, part, yeah. and, and I like what they did with it is that they, clearly the mannequins aren't full size. Uh, to get the force perspective, uh, correct. So the mannequins right, right. kind of, but but you know, watching on TV, especially at resolutions of televisions back then, you wouldn't have really noticed. Like you would have just no. thought there were people up there. Yeah. Um, yep. 
Now, and now they're moving though in some of this footage. Do you see that? There are arms moving on the second are floor. There? Yeah, those are real. People. Oh, that's Shields and Yarnell. You're looking at yeah. that's Shields and Shields. They're, they're all moving on all the floors. Are they really? I'm yeah. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, that. they are. Right, they might well, be dancers. All they right, might so they're be not real mannequins. people. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That was a good TV show too. With this fake, non-real working studio is it? And I love the fireworks at the end coming down. We're doing the big thing. Uh, and then we cut off to Kaylani Ray Rafko. What do we know about her, Brian? Uh, she's, she's Miss, Miss America. Miss America 1988 from Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's here to tell us how lucky we are to live in the USA. You know? Yeah, which you could tell this was put together with a couple takes because they do one camera uh, and then she there's a very, oddly walks to the other. There's a very yeah. bad cut. Uh, yeah, when when she turns next to this Liberty Bell, uh, she's kind of very stiff yeah, well, too. She's not an actress. I mean, she's right, she's right. It's a beauty pageant. Uh, so she says that Mr. Lincoln should tell. Yes. So we, we have a really old film clip. Like somebody went to the archives yeah. and didn't clean the film before playing it. It's 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 pretty bad. It's it looks like it's from a souvenir. I, is it not film. The, uh, the same exact yeah, yeah. film yes. that's used on every, every single scene, thing? Right. Yeah, it's, it's the same yeah. clip. And we see scenes from around the USA and paintings and famous quotes. And this is like a longer, drawn-out end of the American adventure. But it really takes us from the Declaration of Independence. I think the space shuttle is even in there or something. And it takes you through World War One, World War Two, all it the different things have gone on. It was an interesting montage because it, it is. It, some of the clips are the stuff that was in American Adventure. And yes. then there's just a bunch of odd things that... It's almost like uh, random B-roll footage well, from news. It, yeah, well, yeah, it looks like the too. opening of the American Experience on PBS. Like, mm. like the credits yes. are running, <laughs> right. and uh, you know, you get people at the Grand Canyon and uh, the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Then there's Native Americans dancing, and yeah, you know, then all of a Rambo. sudden there's an ERA uh, Equal Rights Amendment march, and there's people taking their Babe citizenship Ruth. and. Yeah, we we jump from Babe Ruth to hockey to yeah. uh, directly to Ronald Superman. Reagan and Super uh, Superman I John like the Glenn. Superman cameo, yeah. Yeah, there's 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 a lot there's a lot, there's a lot there. to unpack there. Certainly, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, no. it is like is Nixon resigning? He in is. There's a there's <laughs> oh a, there's my a gosh, Nick, got him resigning. Nixon resigning, and you're like, okay, well, I mean, I okay, guess well, uh, if you're saluting the Constitution. Uh, you yeah, know, Gerald Ford said and the then, Constitution works. Nixon resigned. Right. All right, I, I, you know, there's like, but there's there's bread lines. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lineman it's, climbing and, a pole, and for some reason, a uh, Jimmy uh, Stewart in America in, in uh, it's, a it's a Wonderful, wonderful Life, life. Yeah. and it's 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 a golden but not, movie. And, but there's no order to no, any of no, this. It jumps no, back and forth. No, like, it's 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 all over, and it 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 is oddly put together to say the least. So, yeah, I guess we're meant to. We're we're supposed to have that sappy American feeling. Well, I, guess, at this I point. mean, it, you, and you did. I mean, we're but proud. but it's it's weird to see them intersperse it. Like there's there's a scene with dialogue from the Grapes of Wrath that mm. that, that suddenly gets cut <laughs> in. And usually there's some kind of like it's a Bruce Springsteen, you know, like a time a time they do it over like a consistent in, in t- through time or yeah, we jump everywhere there's a theme like okay now we're going to show this you know president like places where the america was like under stress like during wars and like and now we'll show the struggle for equal rights and now we'll but it's like literally back and forth all over it might the place. be of mice and men before somebody corrects me i don't know if it's grapes of wrath or of mice and men I, 
but did did someone want to no, pet a rabbit no, too hard? Because that's of mice and men. It's it's it's. <laughs> I, it, I just wanted it's to touch him. What's her name? Lecturing them on. Uh, it's a great montage. Yeah. I think that's the yeah, grapes I think it's the grapes yeah. Too, so. yeah. But hey, we want because the other we, ones we cut to win it. We won World War II now. We've jumped back to right. winning World War II, and it's like Henry Kissinger and yeah. There's but, but Brian, we're right. going to cut to commercial and come to one of the fa- space, and then the Wizard yeah. of Oz. Yeah. Well, they always go hand in hand, you know. <laughs> so we, we, we cut to commercial. And we have to go back to the parade, right? And Brian, you were excited to talk about this because it's we. Can, oh, and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Oh, the fantastic! Boss. Yeah, he's in there. Rambo, the boss. Yeah. So what do we have? We have the Beach Boys, Surfing USA playing. They're not there. Uh, we have this California type float and roller skating. And what else do we have, Brian? Complete with pegs, BMX bikes, BMX bikes, and it's kind of hard to. Explain. Well, I mean, it's not hard. No. They were a fad. It was a, thing. It was a fad Big for fad. a while. Yeah. Um, where like every kids movie, um, had kids running around on you know doing stunts on bikes. Have you ever seen the movie BMX? Bandits? I can't say I... that I have. No. Nicole Kidman's first oh, role. Really? I highly recommended. Oh okay. my gosh. Well, <laughs> well, there goes there goes Brian's Netflix rental. Yeah. Um, Put that but, on your list. These guys are skilled, though. They're doing lots of no, that, they're they're very slow good. down. They're like, really yeah. big. Wheel roll on the peg. That and became the spinning it. That became the big thing was to put these pegs on the front and back wheels that allowed you to stand there and with handbrakes, uh, you know, you could do all these tricks hopping around on them and and. It like I said, it became a thing, and then there was always a kid in the neighborhood, yes, <laughs> who could do like two tricks, who could like bounce on one wheel, or, and then we would jump yep. things, and you know, my, and this is at the height of the California Ocean Pacific, yeah, hacky sacks and hacky sack and yeah. and the neon colors. I mean, look at the way they yeah. dressed. I mean, everybody had a pair of op shorts. You know, you you, you had to. Um, had to. And, and I had Sun Deck baggies. That was my. Is this the year how that? Uh, and Brian, you probably had it in your computer. When did California Games come out? I think it Epic? was eighty-seven from Epics. Eighty-seven or yeah, I think it was eighty-seven. Okay, uh, all right. So I mean, California yeah. eighty-seven. Yeah, you're right. So this is right in that that total fad. Uh, it was it was a big thing. So it's California Games. Six great fun in the sun games for your Nintendo. Roller skating, foot bag, BMX racing, surfing. Skateboarding, master all six. California games for your Nintendo. So two two things I want to point out about before we go under the castle float. Okay. One is um, the ramp on the float, mm-hmm. so the bikes can go up the ramp and then accelerate down the ramp. So the the bikes are like using the ramp to like do the tricks. Yeah. And then the second thing is because it's the 1980s, like the band up on top of the float. The, the keyboard player has a keytar. Oh, oh 100%. Really? <laughs> God, and by the way, they're 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 in front of the Tigger surfing float, which I called which I oh, which yeah. I called the Dick Nunes float. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> surfing, oh, man. So we've got the crystal float there, the castle float. This land is your land is heard. Um and uh, we've kind of have the all the leftover characters that didn't make it in the other floats kind of just used at the end here. Um, and then we end the parade uh, with uh, all the flags of 
the nations around Epcot Center, which prompts uh, Temptus to say... So let's return to the Epcot Center and Willard Scott. So let's return to the Epcot Center, yes. um, which, JT, who do you think's there waiting for us? I, I see this. It's Willard Scott, but I'm more it concerned is. why they're holding this, this gross troll voodoo doll. Yeah, well, he goes <laughs> into this whole thing that she's not a troll, and this is not a troll, I'm not a troll. And we did mention this on the, the Maelstrom uh, episode, but he talks about American fireworks and that Norway yeah. has a uh, Independence Day. And he says something that just wouldn't fly in today's. Got everything, parades and everything, but not the fireworks. Oh, oh my dear. Wherever you are, there are fireworks. Oh. And yeah. And uh, so they go to a quick shot of the Norway Pavilion and all these different. Mon- quick quick montage and of course he's playing that game we talked about where he can't make up his mind if he wants to go on maelstrom or not um so we end all this stuff and he sends it over to deidre hall and uh she and minnie make a quick happy birthday america it's the shortest and we go to commercial like, happy birthday, yeah that's america. another one of these it's, you paid me to do this i don't want to be here and as our nation celebrates the big 212 i just want to say for me and for my friend minnie Happy birthday, America. Where are they, too? It looks like they're the, the entrance to a hotel, or... It looks like, I don't know, the outside. Yeah, the I, think, Maybe I, think, it's outside, I think they're yeah. outside the American Adventure. Like, uh, you can actually so. see uh, a cart being unloaded on the left, like a merchandise cart. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so like we didn't even bother to... Where, where they built the bathrooms on that far oh, side yes. of, of american adventure now uh, we spared no expense brian that's that's where they shot that <laughs> she was probably there doing something either on the stage oh it's a stroller the, is it a stroller it's yeah. a it's a stroller going by so they didn't yeah they didn't block anything yeah, right. um so uh, so we Deidre hall yeah we leave the epcot center and we go to commercial <laughs> um but we end up now in frontier land with lee greenwood who is best known for his song God bless the USA. So he he's only oh, this he's only known this for was his a, song. God bless yeah. What, yeah. Was he? Did he do <laughs> anything? Else? He has, but I, I mean, the, the Lee Greenwood fandom would yeah. know it. But in general, he's a one-hit wonder. He's famous for just and, this song, which he still performs. Because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. Yeah, his gold sequin jacket. He's got that the collar is over something. the top. The gold sequin jacket is. is uh, He's on the Liberty the satin With the thing. satin sleeves uh, is really something. Yep. Harper's Mill behind him. I mean, it's, he, he, yeah, he, he now, knocks that now, one out now the park. I will, yeah, I will give him credit. He is actually singing live on this one yeah. as opposed to most of the other musical numbers we've seen in the show. Uh, right, you know where they're all just pre-taped things, lip-syncing right, right. badly in a lot of cases. Um, I will say to tie into previously with Burt Reynolds, but not really. Lee Greenwood did sing the theme song for Smoking the Bandit Three, which oh. only had a cameo from Burt Reynolds. I, I didn't think he was <laughs> in it at all. Was he? Yeah, uh, he did because uh, what's the snowman's name? Uh, Jerry, Jerry Reed uh, was pretended, pretended to, to be, be the bandit. The bandit, and somehow he morphed into Burt Reynolds, and that was Reynolds' cameo. And anyway, well, it's it's time for another flower backdrop uh, cameo. You paid me, but this is as long as much as I'm going to do. So we get Burt Convy in front of the plants again. A nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. From Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox 
Happy birthday, America. Bert also did. He was doing. He was doing. He was doing the adult version of Win Lose Draw. He was doing the adult version. Okay. And then we not that it's dirty. Right. Right. It wasn't. Wait a second, Bert. Bert. Bert didn't do it alone. Bert had. Oh, that's true. Rare Fox and Bert and. Right. Well, it's whatever they could pull out of the closet. Yeah, in, it was in. like the it's like it was the weirdest thing. Like, Brer Rabbit, just have yeah. Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox standing here with me. Yep. Those they were very popular characters uh, uh, at the they're time. They're still very popular. But if you go, if you go back and look at pictures of Frontierland, it's yeah, like your characters your, in Frontier and yeah, Brer Bear, Brer the Fox, bears. right? And the Country Bears. Yep. Yeah, those that, that was Frontierland. Yeah. Boom. So Mark and Temptus are back at the gazebo. Um, they introduce the Main Street Electrical Parade, and I'm, there's no need to take you through. It's more of them just babbling. It's such a pretty outfit. Sort of electrifying, would you say, Tim? <laughs> oh, yes, <yeah>, shocking. <laughs> All those lights. You know, it's just gorgeous. Are there some interesting facts that they give I us? Don't oh, I, 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 right I, w- I don't know. I bust right I will say that they identify each float. And oh, okay. for some people watching it you know you might not always get who they are like i you know the, it, the ladybug well, the, the blue hippo. fairy yeah. uh yeah you, like you might not connect that to pinocchio uh you might just think it's a lit up woman in a dress <laughs> right 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 telling you it's the blue fairy <laughs> like and and right. then she turned pinocchio into a real boy and yeah um you know so so they do go through some of that and mark summers says oh when my family got here last night i asked the kids what they wanted to do and they said we want to go see the main street electrical parade and, you know, all right i'm like I'm, 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 I'm impressed with mark summers kids you know that's right and, nice shots of this from a crane yeah i mean this is yeah. some you know some if it was in high def it might be but some of the best footage <laughs> so. right um yeah. Unfortunately, it is not high. It That's is the right. opposite of high def. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are sent over back to the Grand Floridian where a bonfire has been lit on the beach. And we are treated to the Beach Boys once again here at dusk. And they are going to play a song from the movie Cocktail. So perfect timing with so, Tom Cruise and Maverick so yes. here going on. So I want to mention that Tempest Bledsoe must have said seven times before this, <laughs> every time they say, we're going to see the Beach Boys. Singing the new song from the movie Cocktail. And later, the Beach Boys hang Tim by themselves, performing their brand new single, Kokomo, from Tom Cruise's new movie, Cocktail. And now from... Was that a touchstone? It absolutely was. It was. Okay, okay, that's why. It was a touchstone. We're plugging. One of Vista Pictures distributed. Yep. Released Uh, July 29th, 1988. Right, so it was coming out within a few weeks of this this broadcast. And, and they're pushing it. This right here is Michael Eisner's Absolutely. synergy. Oh, yeah. And, and, it, it's and, it, and right. it was a monster hit. And the plot in a in a nutshell is that Tom Cruise uh, goes down to the Caribbean and learns to be a bartender taught by Brian Brown. Uh, they toss bottles around. They're like the top bartenders in all of the Caribbean and then he meets a girl that breaks his heart, and Brian Brown disappoints him. He breaks him, her heart. He breaks her heart, yeah. And it, they, yeah. they learned in New York City. That's where it started. And then he goes, sorry, he tries yeah. to open his own place in the Caribbean. Yeah. And the whole thing falls JT's apart. JT's our resident Tom I, it's, Cruise it's been, it's been expert. A few, it's been a few. <laughs> Wasn't there something the parents didn't really care right. They didn't for care for Brian Flanagan, who's Tom Cruise's yes. character. And then he has to convince him, and the dad tries to buy him off. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. Days of Thunder and Top Gun. I was going to say, you told us about all that every 
other Tom Cruise movie. And then he destroyed a gift shop when, at Disney World. When, do, when, does, when, when does Jerry Maguire come into the picture? When is his, or, when does he yeah. move into the sports agency? Because that's pretty much the same thing all over again. Yeah. Or it's Far and Away, movie. where he's with the girl yeah. he's not supposed to be with yeah. in Far and Away. Or... Tom Cruise, the most handsome underdog of every <laughs> film. <laughs> All five foot oh. eight of them. Well, we mentioned we mentioned it again, and uh, John Stamos on Bongos, a young John Stamos. He still tours with the Beach Boys. He's always been a fan. But yeah, John loved doing that stuff. Uh, He still goes around with the with the Beach Boys, and and when he can, uh, plays on the plays some of the music with them. So, all right, let's uh, let's Um, unpack this Kokomo thing. Yeah. First, first off, they at the same time they filmed the official video for the song, which ran on MTV and VH1. Yep. Uh, it was this performance. Uh, the Grand Floridian was new. We should remember it had only opened uh, a few months before this. Right. Uh, the lip syncing is not particularly great here. Al Jardine rocking the one of the original Beach Boys rocking the uh, um, what's the thing you hold in your hand that I can't tambourine tambourine the tambourine. Yep. It's not matched. Uh, and of course, the I can't see if the guitars are plugged in or not. That's what I was just gonna say. I don't uh, see any lines. But, but um, yeah, they're they're not really playing or singing. Uh, Carl Wilson they, uh, is there singing lead uh, on the. Chorus. But he looks over a couple like kind of like am, am I yeah. on? Am, and you am, and am in I, a couple um, of the wide shots, you can see the other cameras. Uh, yeah. kind of <laughs> swirling around on them. Uh, but the best part is when you hit the. Every song from when did the saxophone solo start? How like eighty, oh eighty two, eighty three, maybe? Well, that was Springsteen really yeah. started adding a lot of that in there too. No, there was you know, Billy Joel. Duran had saxophone That's in true. it. There was there was yeah. quite a bit in the early eighties, yeah. and then especially if you did the thing where it was like doubles yes. to thicken the sound. Yeah, but but, but that there was, was a, big a period deal. of time, and we'll say the breadth of the eighties, uh, where. Yeah. Anytime you were doing a power ballad or or something like that, that it was a big thing to put a sax solo in there. And I'll tell you, in this particular time, like this 87, because then you had like Tina Turner. We don't need another hero, Michael Bolton. And it was always like this big guy that looked like Conan, Conan the saxophonist that played in in all the music videos. So uh, (laughs) Mike Love who uh, has been the leader of the Beach Boys, for lack of a better word, for the last 40 years. Uh, he pretends to play a saxophone <laughs> during the saxophone <laughs> solo. You can tell, like, his cheeks don't move. He's yeah. His mouth is not even on the mouthpiece at certain points. Uh, it's like some of the poorest acting. Uh, when... Uh, when uh, Jessica Simpson's sister's uh, vocal track skipped on Saturday Night Live. It looked more believable than him with the uh, with the uh, with the fake saxophone playing here. It was what, what's what's what really is interesting about this. I mean, we have the ability, and also too, John Stamos is whacking the bongos like you would be able to hear him to, in Miami with it. But yeah. um, uh, what's really interesting is that we're we're we have the ability to watch this over and over and critique it. I, I, some Disney specials that are still on today make me cringe. I'm just oh. wondering if people cringed watching well, this. Like even the new stuff I, is pretty bad. With I, I'll say that it was pretty standard back then for bands to basically 
lip sync to the released track. Yeah, but like, the fact that this became an MTV <laughs> <laughs> music well, video is let like, me, let me know, say you know. this to you. I am sure that it was part of the negotiation for them to go there and perform is uh, you guys film our video for us. Uh, you know, music video back then cost a few hundred thousand dollars to produce. And uh, the Beach Boys said, look, we'll do this for you. But since you're taping us anyway, we want, you know, we want you to shoot us on film. And uh, in addition to the video shot for your TV show and and uh, give us the raw footage for our video. And I think that's what they did. Yep. That was probably part right. of the contract. Well, they also had a working production studio right down the road. So Indeed they could just wheel everything they there. did. That's right. Yeah, you can and, just, let, we'll get this. We'll get this down to the studio stat and just get you your copyright. And uh, cocktail was coming out soon. Yep. I mean, they had it all working. That was like the resort, the parks, the movies. The oh, so. I found the name of the saxophone guy, Tim Capello. Tim Capello. It, you mean he it's not the, is uh, he the brother of? You ah? mean it's not Mike Love? I <laughs> I don't know if he's the one that played on this song, but he's the big muscular guy. That was he was in the Lost Boys and he was in all the Tina Turner videos. Now oh, Kokomo okay. uh, also came out released July 18th at your local record store. So it was this was a hot hot track coming out then. Nice. We had the movie, the song. Yeah, Man, it was. I, can't believe I the remember. I mean, yeah, and you could easily pick up on this song. Well, um. Did anybody buy the yeah, single I, in a cassette? I did. Perhaps? I did own the single. I owned the single of Kokomo. Uh, the the single. The, 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 the no, cassette I, single. I owned the single, the forty-five record. <laughs> I had a Kokomo. Okay. Yeah, and it. Uh, I can tell you right now, it was a white cover, and it said Beach Boys on the front, but it was like palm trees and all in the in the script. Uh, it wasn't like solid letters. It was. Now I'm gonna have to. Uh, it's funny. I have a I have a, a video actually ripped from uh, I my sister's a listener to the show she'll probably laugh when she hears this in her second grade performance around this time they actually sang Kokomo on stage at elementary school it was a very hot song it's, apparently it was super popular uh, it, and and super a surprise because the Beach Boys hadn't had a hit in <laughs> yeah. since the sixties yeah, and all right, of a sudden right. there was this giant uh, you know Kokomo single well, plus the wipeout was was a few months before I'm, so i'm trying to remember which so what order was it the beach boys fat boys wipeout was first and then Coco? i remember going to a dance in seventh grade which was 87 and look there's a rhythmic ceremonial ritual coming up of course the enchantment under the sea dance they're supposed to go to this that's where they kiss for the first time all right kid they were playing if wipeout. only we had a device in front of us that could tell well, us well let's this. find out <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me look here. Fat Boys and the Beach Boys. Right? It was eighty-seven. Was also, and that yep. came out in August of eighty-seven. So, bo- yep. so it actually came out after Kokomo, because it was uh, the fall fall dance. Yeah, so I it remember. came out in yeah. August of eighty-seven. Um, so Kokomo came out in July. Wipeout came eighty-eight. Out, uh, uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Wipeout came out a- August of yep. eighty-seven. But but right. let's be honest, like. The Beach Boys, it was like you could have had any band playing the Wipeout. Like, well, like the it, portion of that song, the whole hook was, you know, was the Fat Boys. And yeah, that's I, so well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right here. This is I'm. This has got to be the origin. Aerosmith, Run DMC, right. Walk right. This Way right. becomes a huge breakout hit. Yep. She told me to. 
and then some producer somewhere is like, how can we do this again? Let's get the fat and boys in the like, beach. Let's boy. get the fat boys. Let's get the beach boys. Let's make this happen. Yep. <laughs> Run DMC and Aerosmith came out in summer ish of '86. Uh, there you go. Fat boys in the beach boys was then summer of '87. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's perfect. It. It. And then you got the beach boys back on the map. You got them do Kokomo. You throw them in with cocktail, and we haven't heard from them. Since. Oh, and here's the actual saxophone player on Kokomo is Joel Peskin. Why does whoever, that name? That sounds familiar. Or Peskin, maybe. I can't maybe. believe it's not Mike Love. It's, it's... I can't believe that's actually <laughs> when I can't believe it's not Butter went out. I can't believe it's not Mike Love. <laughs> was the that's next, a t-shirt uh, right there. That that's uh, a t-shirt. A, sa- one. a saxophone. It says, I can't believe it's not Mike Love, but instead of the L in love, it's a sax. <laughs> It's, yeah, he'll buy one. Yeah. Uh, well, we just got away from it all. We did so well. We the need to the go Beach back. Boys will do it, that to you. They... Exactly. You you get the reference. There you go. Well done. Um, all right. So we have we've we've gone to Kokomo, and uh, we are we are now sent over to Clifton Davis from Amen, which is a, a sitcom I never watched. Did you guys ever watch Amen? Yes, you did. Okay, he's over in yeah. uh, Liberty Square with the, with Chip and Dale, and he gives us another you know, Happy Birthday America thing for like twelve seconds or so. So after Clifton Davis, there's a shot of Main Street USA that certainly shows a hundred thousand people on it. Oh my gosh! Um, and then we do Willard goes over and does the Maelstrom thing. So I'm not going to go through that whole. We we, we, we covered beat it. that portion to it. Covered, covered it. it in yeah, the Maelstrom episode. quite a bit. So go back to the Maelstrom episode. Willard doesn't know if he wants to go. He interviews the people. Splash. This is talk- a great time to drop in some more Joe Satriani. Though. It's, oh, Come absolutely. On. We'll we'll put in that. We'll put, and we'll put a little uh, the Cure in here as well. So go back to Maelstrom and listen to that. But. Um, all right, so we are getting we're closing in on the last half hour and or yeah, thereabouts. And they needed like, they it needed could not come hour. sooner at this point. It right? could not come sooner because buckle up. Um, here we go. So <laughs> we go back to the Cinderella Castle for Rita Moreno and Tommy Tune. And I'm other than hey you guys, I, I and. West Side Story, uh, Rita Moreno, I, I I don't know a lot. So I will let you well, guys explain I, I Tommy Toon. She, she was one of the first people that won the, um, like, all things, right? The, the Tony, EGOT, the Grammy. The EGOT. The, oh, the, wow. The EGOT, yeah. Uh, but she, yeah, she's, both of them have their main roots in Broadway uh, and on stage production. So it makes sense that this, which is by and large all – you know Disney and well the Rockettes were there then too, so I I think well I'm not sure, but I think as you get deeper into this segment and you get them all out there dressed in red doing their kicks, that that's actually the Rockettes. I think some of the dancers here are the Rockettes. Yeah, yeah they start doing a chorus line towards right. the end and doing the whole leg kick thing. Uh, I was gonna me- I, yeah mention that so. Oh my gosh! So where do we start with this? Um, but t- Tommy Toon, he was in one of the the he was in the Space Mountain opening okay. uh, TV show. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was dan- he's the did he did that crazy dance in, on the Grand Prix. Oh my gosh! <laughs> See, I, this is where my my mind doesn't. I I, I can never follow these. <laughs> and he danced on top of like the the um, the the uh, Osceola class like. He oh, danced side- on Jeez. top of like everything. He like jumped down a 
hole, like a manhole at some point and popped out again. It was amazing. But he's a he's a choreographer. That was like, besides being an actor, it's like he's so I would not be surprised if he didn't choreograph, do the choreography on a lot of this stuff. All right. So, all right. Well, here's what we go. We start with a lot of patriotic type music, lots of dancing. Mickey's coming out again, that bad Mickey voice. Uh, we've got a lot of marching band music. We're six minutes it, it in. It really looks like Sam Eagle. Yeah, put this whole thing together because we're not done. Where do you get to the time on how long this takes, right? Right. So we're six minutes in the number. We have not seen Rita Moreno or Tommy Toon yet. Maybe, I think Tommy. Anyway. No, he, he That's right. It. He opens and dances. Yeah. So uh, at the eight-minute mark, uh, Rita Moreno finally comes out dressed as Shirley Temple. I looked, guys. I don't know why. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, but then Tommy Tune comes out and they play Strike Up the Band, which was a Gershwin tune. I was trying to find if that tune was also in any Shirley Temple movie or anything like that. I couldn't I couldn't find anything. The um, only thing I can tell you is that Tommy Tune is a big Shirley Temple fan. Ah. And he ended up hosting a retrospective show on her life after she passed away. Hmm. And and so all I can assume is like he he if if he put this together he he, he loves Shirley he, he Temple wanted to do seems it. Okay. American and so great well, we're not going to do her songs but no, we're just going to make no, you dress up but like it, her but <laughs> and it's always been a thing to ever since the days of Shirley Temple to have right, the right. tall guy little girl dance yeah, routine yeah. up and yep. down a set of steps and across the stage yep. at some point uh, the whole little orphan Annie no. and you know et cetera et cetera. I mentioned that was at eight minutes. Now, when you think, you know, a, a selection of tunes put together, you think about shortened versions and move it along. Oh, no, 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 no. We are doing full songs here, right? So we do strike up the band. We do the full thing. Then we get into put, putting on the Ritz. Is that the right name for yes. that song? I can't remember. Putting putting on, putting the, Ritz. on the Ritz. Come, let's mix The production starts getting bigger and bigger, and then they go ahead. I, I'm, well, I'm also noticing the the crane shots. Clearly, yeah. the cheering crowds are not actually there that they keep cutting to. This is all shot <laughs> yes, right. in the middle of the <laughs> night with no one in the Magic Kingdom, and they're cheering like Van Halen. Absolutely, just came out on stage. I mean, it's you know <laughs> they're just going nuts. Bruce is Bruce is coming out for the encore to do "Born to Run." Exactly. You know, like it's, it's, <laughs> we we play the song. I, they, now they do the song, the entire song. I won't dance. Uh, which so there's a whole lot of dancing. Right. Uh, that was a Frank Sinatra tune, I think. Yep. Uh, then they do "We're in the Money." And then we finish it off at strike up the band for the big ending with a giant chorus line, as you mentioned, Brian, probably some of the rock. Did he do a quick change right there? Because he's in a black tuxedo and then suddenly he's in a white tuxedo. He does change. It's 12 minutes. You're exhausted. It's not over. Rita comes back out and she doesn't just sing Yankee Doodle Dandy in the patriotic way. Yankee Doodle went to London riding 
she does that in the traditional fashion, and then she does it over again with a modern spin. Five minutes of Yankee Doodle Dandy. So we're now at 17 minutes since this whole thing started. And and Brian, I think you're right. This was a Sam the Eagle production. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and we're not done. Um, so we, we say goodbye to Tommy Toon and Rita Moreno, and they bring out uh, what I believe are the original singers to the gold, Golden Dream from American Adventure. And we have a ballet dancer. I, I don't think they're actually singing in this one. So I'm not yeah, sure I think, if it's I, them or not. Um, we don't know yeah and there's no not a lot of information in the credits um and what i found interesting about this was that golden dream you know had only been out for six years if you didn't travel to walt disney world you may not know it but it is a song that at least says it's about america you know spread your golden wings on eagles and all that stuff um so, and they own it. So, and they yeah. own it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we <laughs> might as well, well use it. Uh, they did cut out all the famous quotes. You know, you, do, you don't hear Martin Luther King or JFK. But don't forget, we already did that <laughs> way back when Lincoln introduced that other little montage. Um, we're not done. We're not done. We're missing a couple songs here, so we need "America the Beautiful." Oh, and... they let uh, let go of some doves, though. You need to do that. Oh well, yeah. I think there's more balloons. This might be the third balloon launch too that we're that we're at. Uh, we had what Mickey Starlin, we had Norway, and now I think we've got this one. Um, "America the Beautiful," fogs coming down. People dressed as patriots everywhere. It's a um, heavy fog. It, is it just very, drowns very, out the... Uh, it's, it's like the Battle Bunker yeah. Hill. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the guy just disappears in it. He totally goes away. <laughs> um, so we've got this, you know, America the Beautiful, fog coming down, patriots, the big banners are now being raised, and and what I... There's no close-up of it. I think it's a Statue of Liberty yeah, that, that looks rises like the, up yeah, from the middle. Up, yeah. Yeah, um, and then this is when the balloons come out. We got balloons galore. America the Beautiful then mixes into a song called "Corner of the Sky." So they're they're on like would be like nine songs in now uh, at this point. Everybody is you know thrilled, and we, we we then go to our last commercial where we we also push Delta Airlines and Grand Floridian there again, and the big red boat to Premier Cruises. So we come back, and Mike, we get a message from Michael Eisner because we're not done yet. Um, Michael Eisner gives us a special message. And JT, he does not start with, hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Right? Hello, he's, in, he's introduced, right? Yeah, because I don't think, how many years is he in now, Brian? This is 88? Uh, what, yeah, this uh, was his fourth at? year there. Ladies and gentlemen, the chairman of the board of the Walt Disney Company, Michael Eisner. Good evening. The 4th of July is a very special day for all of us in the Disney family. It's a time when we can join you in saying, happy birthday, America. His fourth year, so he's not... He's he's done some well, of these. He was, but he's, he's he was not... hosting the 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 Sunday night show by this point. You know, he was okay. He was opening all right, so people so night shows by this point. coming to become a uh, uh, a a household name. Right. Um. So anyway, so Michael 
basically says, thank you for joining us. Here comes the finale. If the past 25 minutes wasn't, um, we're back to America, the beautiful, uh, we get God bless America. These are all full songs and we get the star spangled banner in its 100% full version with the extra verses. So before she starts singing though, is, is. Mickey is in a patriotic outfit, and he does the phantasmic. Oh, movie. oh yeah, like the sparks coming yes. out of his fingers. Yes. So after Eisner, Mickey's coming and he's conducting the orchestra in, in in his Uncle Sam outfit, which I love that. And then he does like what How called the phantasmic move. It, it it's a cut. It cuts away to almost a different Mickey or a pyroed up Mickey, and he shoots about three seconds of sparks out of his. <laughs> He's pr- getting ready for fantastic. So, that's all. Uh, yeah, the Emperor Palpatine. Uh, so so <laughs> that now behold the power of this fully armed and operational station. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> power. There's a shirt. shirt. That's our fourth. <laughs> we want to make you do this. <laughs> Mickey Palpatine. <laughs> so the the best. So that that was a thing they were doing then during that Star Spangled Salute. Because I have the as eighty eight or eighty nine calendar, uh, like the July image or June in one of them is Mickey in his red, white, and blue shooting the the sparks out of his finger. So uh, that was a thing that they were doing then in this star spangled stage show that uh that they put on during this year and a half long celebration of the constitution and americana etc uh and that leads into sandy patty coming out to then perform the star spangled banner and we have to talk about right sandy absolutely patty, uh and and what she's famous for uh this show which is now What's 1988, 98, 08, 18, 35 yeah. years ago? Uh, Sandy is only 65. Hmm. That means when <laughs> when they did this show, she was 32 in 1988. I... Except looking at this performance, and I listen. I you know, people can throw throw their age sometimes. I thought she was like 60. Well, you know. It, Brian, it's funny you say that, too. Um, Amy and I watch Love Boat every weekend, and I am—I know they play up the strange ages on that show. Yes. But people look a lot older than in the 70s and 80s. I don't know if it was the style, I, the hair, the makeup, but everybody uh, seemed to accelerate 15 to 20 years in some of no, this. It was all because they smoked, they drank. <laughs> nobody <laughs> no, nobody exercised. Probably. Like, it was like. There, there was a whole different world out there. I mean, that you know, uh, I get some of that, but it just it was it was a little like I when I saw her because I didn't know who she was. I honestly had never heard of her before I watched this. Uh, she's a Christian musician. Uh, there's a lot of people that do know her. Uh, she's she's and and what she's famous for is that she takes songs and she performs with these uh, pop vocals and then all of a sudden goes into this operatic soprano vocal range and she does a lot of that in this performance here right and not being a big fan of opera or operatic performances uh you know i was like this is a little weird at the end you know um but yeah that that, that was i mean i mean she sings the hell out she, of the she does and what i find is interesting is that you've got the star-spangled banner not as we know it but as 
as it was written with the full version and extra uh, verses and stuff. And and I, sh- I, I, I do need to mention the reason she was here, the reason she was known is that she performed the same Star Spangled Banner two years earlier. Ah. Uh, President Reagan, uh, they re- they renovated and rededicated the Statue of Liberty on I think it was its hundredth birthday. Uh, but it yeah it needed it needed its uh, its rededication. This was before David Copperfield made it disappear. That's right, right because he did put it uh, back though. <laughs> he did put it back, and I appreciate that. And what what she does um, do is that in the poem it it says. America, 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 my home, you know, yes. sweet home and all that stuff. And it is, she did quite the rendition. So uh, she's going all out. I was I put this on in the background as I was doing some work in the house today and and listened to it before watching it so that I was just tuning into it and and, and I I think I typed to JT I'm like yeah, just hold on to your hat for the finale because it is a level of vocal you know I, I I I'm not a fan of of songs what I call vocal gymnastics a lot of you know all the a lot of that type of music I, I don't particularly care for too many notes um, for the royal ear. There, there we go. There we are. Yes, my, my, my ear cannot take that. But, uh, I mean, she can sing, and she can get higher and higher and higher, and I, I never heard somebody step it up so many octaves in a short period of time. But uh, it is, it's quite a performance. Prior to this, Ethel Merman was probably the most famous version of God Bless America, do you think? Uh, no, Kate Smith. Kate Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Kate thank Smith. You. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kate Smith was famous for God Bless America. Uh, and you know, but I, I, I don't know that anybody had a definitive star spangled banner version, um, you know, until Whitney Houston did it at the yeah. 1991 Super Houston. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of became the gold standard. Uh, Roseanne's wasn't the gold standard about that point. Uh, <laughs> she <laughs> like, was the, na- yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know, gentlemen, when we started this episode a couple uh, weeks ago, I, I and I even mentioned, oh, maybe if we don't get through it, we can do eighty-seven or eighty-nine. Well, obviously, <laughs> we have burned the midnight hour. Well, almost midnight oil here. We're, I was going to say, I think we were three years younger when we started this episode. <laughs> we have certainly, certainly, uh, and I will say at the very end, at least Jack Wagner gives him his own due. He he. He says, this is Jack Wagner, and so you know who it was. We hope you've enjoyed an evening of wishing America happy birthday. This is Jack Wagner speaking. Good night. I'm just watching the credits right now, just seeing if there's any Even that nights. was an odd cut, though. He's like, Jack Wagner, didn't you work tonight? Yeah. And then it just stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, what did you cut out? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, you know, I, I, I watched the credits here, and uh, the last little bit, it says... 
I hate to bust any bubbles. It just says portions recorded. If you didn't know, if you if you didn't figure that out, some of it was pre-recorded. It wasn't so. live. It wasn't live. It wasn't like Regis and Kathy Lee there. You know, <sighs> Buena, Divi, distributed by Buena Vista Television, nineteen eighty-eight. So. Uh, gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on this tour, uh, and we might have to do it next year. Maybe we'll go back to 87 or 89, or I don't know, maybe a listener has another favorite one. And since we dug around and found this, um, Yuletide special from the Magic Kingdom, I'm going to have to go figure that one out. That might be one of our holiday episodes. So, uh, I do see 92 is hosted by John Ritter. Oh, there we go. That would be great. Yeah, because yeah, sure Robbie Robbie Benson will oh, be there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> We're getting in a whole new genre of folks. So, uh, so if there's any listeners out there that have some of their favorite TV specials we haven't done yet, by all means, drop us an email at info at, um, <clears throat> at dot com. Uh, but, uh, as we always say, um, we, you know, for those of you out there who want to support us, you can send your donations to lbvhistory.org forward slash donate, uh, or check out our online store at retro forward slash support us. And, uh, how I, you, I, I breezed over it this today. You said you had a new shirt. I forgot what it was. So let's, let's tell the listeners. Yeah. You came out of nowhere with this. Yeah. Right. So it's a, uh, so I was, I was thinking about. I'm not sure what it was. Some something, and uh, maybe with all the voting and whatnot, and the run up to the political season, uh, I, I was th- thinking about horizons and and the old line in there that says, you know, everyone can choose majority rules, mm-hmm. and uh, you used to be able to choose from you know land, sea, and space. And it it occurred to me there are still three pavilions at Epcot that are those there's the land there's the the living seas and now the seas with nemo and and spaceship earth and then and only so, the, the like the some of the last remaining ones yeah exactly this so, is incredible so you put this shirt together everyone you know everyone could choose majority rules you got the three logos of the three pavilions on there your family can get together wear the shirts and then you guys can duke it out over which ride to get on first Th- this is such a deep cut and maybe what you can do is you can hand out little uh, uh sticker check marks to put on your shirt you know and check out which <laughs> yeah. one you want <laughs> you know that is oh wow i love it i love it so it's a deep cut reinvented even even more so. that's what we are, we are the remixers okay well i i love it uh, and and may, maybe you can get one that says the Epcot Center uh, for Tempest. <laughs> Could you do that one? The Epcot Center, home of the giant. We should. The Epcot Center, home of the big silver ball. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, another inside joke. But, all right, well, uh, next month, I don't know if we've determined where we're going. We do have a lot of things on the drawing board. Uh, we've talked about Wonders of Life. We've talked about finishing up the Alien Encounter episode. Um, it'll be August and, uh, we will be back with a new episode, but there's certainly a lot of different places we have to go yet. We just haven't decided yet. Um, but again, uh, give us a shout out and uh, review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We're all over the place. So if you're listening to us, you found us and, uh, JT, you've got something to, uh, to say as, as we sign off here as well, right? Yeah. We're slowly releasing the retro magic videos oh, yes. on YouTube. Yes. Uh, we've got the first, as of now, we have the first two out and, uh, two more coming this week and they're, they're slowly trickling out. So subscribe on YouTube if you want to go back to retro magic in April. Yeah. Go back and, and, but, uh, again, uh, if you give us that shout out on iTunes, uh, any questions said to podcast at retro WDW.com. And, uh, again, Thank you for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Hopefully, this is uh, 
Well, it's one of your top lists, your top things to do. Thanks, dog. Jesus. <laughs> it's like doing this curly shuffle shake over there. Um, hopefully this made your, uh, your July 4th and uh, a holiday, and maybe you put this on the TV and uh, either... Uh, scare your family with it on the, instead of watching maybe the Boston Pops. You're going to put this on instead. But uh, uh, happy 4th of July to everybody out there. Happy Independence Day. And with that, Brian, take us out. Follow the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society on Twitter and Instagram at LBV History and on the web at lbvhistory.org. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at RetroWDW.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RetroWDW. And follow our hosts, Todd McCartney, on Twitter at WDWMS, Hal Bowers on Twitter and Instagram at GoAwayGreen, JT Couser on Twitter at LS1JT and on YouTube at Rubber City Motoring and on the web at RubberCityMotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Brian P. Miles. Retro Disney World is the monthly podcast of the Lake Buena Vista Historical Society, a nonpartisan, nonprofit, tax-exempt, 501c3 organization and is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiary or affiliated entities. Maybe we don't think about it every day, but it's there. And if it wasn't, we'd think about it. Thanks, America. And happy birthday.